Hello, everybody, and boy, do we have a slate of great games for you guys today. It's championship weekend. We got the ACC championship. We got the Big Ten championship. We got the SEC championship. We have the Big 12 championship game as well. And today, we'll be focusing specifically on the ACC championship game, along with our guest host, Ryan Roberts from Locked On Irish. Ryan, how are you doing today, bud? I'm great, man. I'm great. I really appreciate you again taking some time. It's an exciting weekend of games, like you said, getting a little little normalcy, a little championship atmosphere. So I'm just happy to be on here. And tell us a little bit about yourself, Ryan. Uh, tell us what you do on that Locked On on Irish. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Ryan Roberts, um, the director of scouting over at NFL Draft Bible. You find me at Rising Draft on Twitter. Uh, like Hassan said, I am the host at Locked On Irish, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. So my my uh, my roots come from an NFL draft background, but I just had the opportunity about a month ago to start covering Notre Dame, which I've been a fan of since I was a little kid. You know, my, my dad is a lifelong Notre Dame fan, so it's pretty much from birth that I've been an Irish fan and supporter. So anytime I get a chance to hop on, talk NFL draft or some Notre Dame football, it's always a good time. It is, and uh, you might find this fascinating, but my dad and I are Miami Hurricane fans down here I'm in sorry. Miami. I'm sorry to hear that right now for you <laughs> after last week. <laughs> oh, man, I know. Will Manto and I were talking um, the preview game on that, and, you know, we talked about what they needed to do to win the game. And unfortunately, hey, maybe they didn't even listen to our podcast the last time around. So maybe next time they should, and maybe hopefully Notre Dame and Clemson, the entire team listens to this one. So, Ryan, let's get straight into the action. This is a rematch of a couple weeks ago between Notre Dame and Clemson. We saw Clemson did not have Trevor Lawrence, and that was a big factor heading into the game. And DJ Wangalele, he played very well against a stout Notre Dame defense, taking them into overtime. I believe it was triple overtime, correct me if I'm wrong. Nope, you got it. And Notre Dame took the win based off of Kyron Williams' 23-yard 20, rushing performance. Now, Ryan, mm -hmm. on Saturday... These two best teams in the ACC will square off in North Carolina with a college football playoff spot or two on the line. Uh, if Brian Kelly applies the same concepts to limiting production, such as he did against Sam Howell in North Carolina, will it work against Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne? Well, I, I think that the the way Notre Dame has been winning games this year, going back to the 47-40 victory over Clemson, going back to the 31-17 victory over North, North Carolina, the key to Notre Dame's victories have always been the same. We need to limit the running game on the, the offensive side of the football from the opposing team because at the end of the day, Notre Dame's strengths have been the offensive and defensive lines through the majority of the season. So when we go back to that first Clemson game, we go back to the North Carolina game, they have a high emphasis. We need to stop the run game. And how we do that is we are going to play a lot of man-to-man -man across the board, and we are going to bring extra defenders in the box. And then on passing downs, we're going to try to, to, um, to create pressure with different blitz packages. That's kind of been the formula. And especially when you look back to that first matchup they had against DJ Uwe on the Lele, they knew he was a true freshman in his second start ever on the college level. So they said, hey, we're going to throw the kitchen sink at this kid. We're going to play man-to-man -man across the board. We're going to take some chances, but we're going to try to get a lot of pressure. We're going to stop Travis Etienne. And they did. Only eight, uh, 28 yards on 18 carries for Etienne in that first time around. 
Can it be the same this time? I think the point of emphasis is the same. They need to stop the run. I think that's going to be the main cog because if they if Clemson gets that read working, because Trevor Lawrence is a very good running option, if they get that read going, Travis Etienne has some success, Trevor Lawrence has some success, then it's going to be a long day because there's a lot of different things off of the repass option that they can do in the passing game. It opens up some um, availability downfield off of play action, different concepts like that. So I think that they will still have to take the, the running game out to be successful against Clemson. I think they'll have to do it a little bit differently, though, because playing a bunch of man-to-man coverage across the board against a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who is a great athlete, who is a running threat. And if you turn your – naturally, when you're playing man coverage, you have a lot of defensive backs and second-level defenders who are going to turn their back to him. And we turn our back to Trevor Lawrence – it could be a long day. So I anticipate a lot more zone coverage this week for Notre Dame. But I think the point of emphasis always will still be the same. We have to dominate on the offensive and defensive line of scrimmage. And we have to stop the running game and make a team one-dimensional. That is true. And I know Notre Dame's most impressive performance was not actually against Clemson. It was the lowest-scoring affair between the North Carolina Tar Heels. I mean, that defense absolutely stifled the tandem of Michael Carter and Javante Williams. Only 87 rushing yards. And we saw them last week absolutely destroy the Miami Hurricanes. And they restricted Sam Howell to only 211 passing yards. Mm-hmm. Now, we speak about the running game. And Etienne is a big X factor in the game, even with Trevor Lawrence. He dictates the rhythm on offense and strengthens the aerial attack as Clemson will be without a couple of wide receivers into this game. Now, Etienne only had 28 yards and 18 carries last month in South Bend. Now, as you said, they're going to switch from man to zone most of the time, specifically with Trevor Lawrence, because he can absolutely destroy you guys in the seams with man coverage. If the wide receivers do not do well against man and zone coverage, I am willing to bet Etienne will be the main guy in the passing attack, specifically in the short yardage passing game. Now, what concepts with the, will the line blackers and the safeties and the secondary use to limit Etienne and make sure that Etienne is not used as a gimmick and opening up lanes for those deep shots Trevor Lawrence could take? Well, I think that if you go back and you tune into our preview show of when they play Clemson the first time, my biggest concern, honestly, because Amari Rogers is a good football player. He's going to the Senior Bowl. Cornell Powell's had a breakout year as a redshirt senior. They still have some guys at wide receiver, even after losing T. Higgins and Justin Ross to the injury this year. Obviously, they're losing a couple really great wide receivers, but they still have some guys. That's not really an issue for them. But what I was terrified about, is actually that same concept. I, I'm terrified about Travis Etienne being being um, being situationally pressed into a man-to-man ability, uh, opportunities against some of the less athletic second-level defenders for Notre Dame. That's Drew White, who's a very solid linebacker. Bo Bauer, very solid linebacker, but they're not incredible athletes. What I thought was going to happen the first time around was, hey, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, maybe even Kyle Hamilton would be the guy's that would be pressed into some man responsibilities against a guy like Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne, you know, had a few catches, but he wasn't, you know, a, a – it, it didn't kill us. We were still kind of keeping things in front of us. I think that it's, it's going to be definitely something that you're always weary of because, you know, Travis Etienne is one of the best uh, playmakers in all of college football. So I think play, may, potentially playing more zone for Notre Dame and picking your spots with man might actually help them a little bit. Because now we have their eyes in front of them. We can collapse with Travis Etienne. We can give them some yards. But, hey, we're going to come up. We're going to rally up. We're going to make tackles. 
What I don't want to see is too often more than not number 40, number 33, number 52 for Notre Dame in, in man-to-man coverage because that's where the opportunity for Clemson to exploit some advantages athletically can really come into play. And, you know, we talked about Travis Etienne and Dolphins fans, you know, a majority of our listeners are looking to pick up either Travis Etienne or Najee Harris in the draft. And Etienne is going to be a big name to watch come this Saturday. Now, as we switch to Clemson, to the Clemson defense, Brent Venables is known for turning a weakness into a strength. And he has an a very young defensive line. You know, they lost some guys from the draft, injuries, COVID, you know, it's 2020. Things happen. These are all freshmen and sophomore playing on the defensive line. Will Kyron Williams have a repeat performance? Will he have a repeat performance? I, I think that he can be effective. I don't, I don't imagine him having 140 yards again because that was a really phenomenal performance, especially after the first play of the game was a 75-yard touchdown. You know, obviously got off to a really hot start. It's going to be tricky this time because Clemson was missing a couple of their mainstays in the center of their defense last time. James Skalski at linebacker. Tyler Davis is a really phenomenal defensive tackle for them. They both are not playing in that game. And also Notre Dame had, I mean, Notre Dame's offensive line is phenomenal. But now Jared Patterson, their starting center, is out for this game. Zeke Corral looks like he's going to start their, his second career start. If he is healthy, he missed last week's game um, or two weeks ago with an injury. So in theory, we have a second-time starting center and um, around a really talented offensive line. So I don't think it's going to be, you know, a, the biggest hindrance in the world because we still have guys like Tommy Kramer coming back. We have – um, Aaron Banks at left guard, Liam Eichenberg, and Robert Hainsey, which is still, in my opinion, even without Jared Patterson, maybe the most talented offensive line in all of college football. So they still have the opportunity to run the football well. I think they still have a good a good um, opportunity to be efficient. I don't think it's going to be as effective as last time, though, because, again, with Tyler Davis, James Skalski, and Jared Patterson out of the game now for Notre Dame, it's going to be a little more tough sledding. It's not going to be uh, it's super easy. They're not going to be able to dominate the line of scrimmage to the highest degree that they did the first time around. I think they're going to have to get a lot more creative with their looks in the run game and maybe use a little more misdirection this time around to really influence the defensive line and get them in the wrong gaps in the wrong times. I know, and the Notre Dame offensive line, I mean, these guys are absolute maulers. Uh, Liam Eikenberg is probably probably, and I'm going to spoil this. He's one of the top tackles on my draft board. Um, I'm not going to spoil my top five offensive tackles on the draft board, but hey, he's up there, okay? And Ian Book will be critical in this game, just like the last game. As you said, feasting on misdirection and play-action passes. Now, if at worst, and I mean really the worst, if the run game somehow does not get going, how will it look for Book in in uh, formations and play calling. And will the combination of Skryonic, Davis, Meyer, McKinley be enough to get that passing game going? It, it's If they are not effective running the football, it's going to be a long day for Notre Dame. Because again, where Notre Dame has the biggest disadvantage is on the outside, both on offense and on defense. Clemson has a couple awesome corners. Darian Kendrick, who is a draft eligible junior, who's very talented. Andrew Booth Jr., the sophomore who's not draft eligible, but probably the better of the two and a very talented player. Ben Skoranek's a good football player. Just got a senior bowl invite before he popped on here. Javon McKinley is a good football player. 
Avery Davis is a good football player. They're all good football players. But if we're, we're if Notre Dame is forced to win one-on-one matchups against those guys consistently, it's not going to be very advantageous to winning. We need them to be able to pick their spots in one-on-one situations. The offensive line has to dictate the running game success. How is it going to be different? I think multiple looks. Maybe get a little jet action going. Maybe get a little end around action going. Ian Book, I think, in the zone read game will have to be bigger this time than than it was in the first game overall. He ran the ball pretty well, but it was kind of off, you know, out of structure runs and and kind of you know um, extending the pocket was more of his bread and butter running the football last game. So I think you have to really switch up the looks. And if Notre Dame is going to be successful, they have to be able to run the ball in some sort of way because if they are just a very predictable offense that has to win one-on-one matchups outside against Clemson, I don't think they're going to be successful, be point blank with you. Because, again, Darian Kendrick, Andrew Booth have the advantage over guys like Skoranek and McKinley, even though they have had good seasons overall. Yeah, and that's going to be something to watch out for. And as we said, Notre Dame's offensive line, their Maulers, they should be able to get the run game going. It should be a good game for the running game. Now, the mismatch in this game is obviously Trevor Lawrence, who is arguably the best quarterback right now. He's able to di- diagnose the defense, whether it be man coverage, blitzes, zone blitzes, or zone coverages, and even be a run threat as well. They're going to be leaning a lot on play action to slow down the Notre Dame pass rush in Ben Bauer and Jeremiah Wissukoromoro. How does Notre Dame take down Trevor Lawrence and put him on the ground? Well, I think this time around, it's it's not going to be manufactured pressure as much. I think what how we're going to have to win. The, I think the biggest weak point of Clemson's team is their offensive line. They have Jackson Carmen at left tackle, who's decorated. But besides that, they're a young offensive line, not a ton of next-level talents. If Notre Dame is going to get that pressure, because, again, I don't think they're going to play a ton of man-to-man coverage this time around. I think there's going to be a whole, lot more zone with some man mixed in. So if that is the case... Guys like Dalen Hayes at defensive end, Adi Ogundiji, you have to get something inside. Like the defensive line, I think, is going to make or break this game. If they're constant pressure on Trevor Lawrence, not even sack him, but just to make him a little fluster, force him into a bad decision. Because I think the biggest misnomer from last game is if Trevor Lawrence plays, does Clemson probably have a better chance to win? Absolutely. But to just throw the game out and say, if Trevor Lawrence plays, Clemson wins, is I think it's just the impulse reaction, and I actually hate it because that's to say, like, Trevor Lawrence is perfect. Trevor Lawrence throws interceptions. He fumbles at times. How do you know that he was going to play a clean game? You don't know that. You don't know how what his performance was going to be on that day. So to get him rattled a little bit, it's going to be up to the front four of Notre Dame. With some blitzes mixed in, but not as much as last time, I think if the defensive line for Notre Dame is going to be the big decider in the game. If they're able to to make to create pressure without having to blitz a ton, I think Notre Dame has a pretty good chance. Now, this game is going to be in North Carolina, and Clemson is a little bit closer to North Carolina, and Notre Dame is going to have to make that long trip. Dorier for Notre Dame has been in a funk for the last last few weeks can he return and will that be a factor if 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 the Irish lose this game well I think if you're anticipating a close hard-fought football game then kicking is always going to be a very important you know side of everything whether that comes down to a game-winning kick or just the the um 
not having to chase points at the end because maybe you missed an extra point or you missed a field goal early. It it obviously is a very important aspect of the game, a third of the football game. And, you know, when when Jonathan Doerr was having a very solid season early, and like you said, the last couple weeks he struggled a little bit. He's missed a couple kicks. He hasn't looked quite as good. I think he can get back, though, because, you know, he's had now this will be two weeks off preparing, getting healthy, getting, you know, getting back to form potentially, making corrections, whatever the, the um, problem was with what, what, why he was in that quote-unquote funk, I think he can definitely get back there. And I think that it is going to be very important because we don't want there's, – there's those hidden points, those hidden moments in football games, missing extra points, missing field goals, put you behind points early, right? And we don't want to be to, having to chase points we need every point that we can get in the very most important parts of the game. So I think Jonathan Dora is going to be a big factor in this game. And I think, yes, with, with the, with the uh, time to rest, getting back in the forum, getting ready, um, you know, it, it's snowing right now up here north as well. So it might be nice to be a little bit, maybe a little better weather than what he's enduring right now. So I think he can get back on course. I think he's going to be a big part of the football game. Yeah, and we hope it's a hard-fought football game. Now, there are two keys for Clemson winning this game. Number one, they cannot let Notre Dame get out to an early lead. The reason is that it makes the second half more advantageous to Clemson. You look at the previous games Clemson played against Boston College. Yeah, that was a tight game in the first half. Against Syracuse, that was a, that was a little bit choppy. Notre Dame as well, that went into triple overtime. And against Virginia Tech. Clemson has shown when they're absolutely bullying people in an early lead, they play even more powerful going after halftime. The second key is Trevor Lawrence. And as you mentioned, he's a 75% passer when not pressured. When pressured, he completes under 40% of his passes, which is not a recipe for success. And Notre Dame was great at getting to Sam Howell a few weeks ago. They got to DJ Wangalele a couple of times as well. And in that North Carolina game, they were able to shut North Carolina out, even without Kyle Ham- Hamilton. So we'll see if they're able to replicate that. Now, Ryan, what are the keys to the game for Notre Dame in order for, for the Irish to win this game? Uh, it's the same as it was the first time around, I, I would say. You know, we have to win first down. We have to make things a lot easier for us, and that's both offensively and defensively. If Cle- Then that goes very specifically to the running game. You know, it, Notre Dame is very dangerous offense when they're facing second and fours, second and threes, second and fives. Those are when they're their best because then we can, we, can, we can get a little creative. We can slip some play action in there. We can get some, you know, different concepts, different movement on defense we want to be able to get after guys. Hey, second and longs is where it's at. It's not second and fours. That's that's where we're going to be in a little bit of a disadvantage. It's winning first downs, making things um, easier for us, not having to uh, press too much. We want we don't want to have to really play behind the chains too much during the game. And I think you said it perfectly. The other big key is we need to come out strong like we did against Clemson because there's been a couple games this year. Think about North Carolina, Boston College for another game. Where Notre, Syracuse, where Notre Dame comes out in the first half and they come out a little flat and they don't look great. And they're maybe tied or losing at some points in the first half. And they kind of have to, you know, turn the tide in the second half, which is kind of weird because when you look back at that Clemson game, Notre Dame has been a second half team all year. They've been phenomenal in the second half. 
Second half was not too well, was not too um, fond of Notre Dame against Clemson. They got off to a great lead. Uh, then they had to fight back at the end, force overtime, and then you know win it in overtime. I think if they're going to be successful against Clemson, you have to again get off to a fast start. You have to be tied or winning the game at halftime. If we're playing behind the chains, we're playing behind the sticks constantly all game. We're forced into having to throw the ball uh, very predictively. That's when Notre Dame could get in trouble. I'll let you know what the outcome of the game is going to be at halftime. If Notre Dame is tied, just tied at halftime, I feel good about the chances. If they are losing by a touchdown or more, then I think the game gets a little dicey. And this is a great segue, too, because we here at Finn Maniacs absolutely love to do game predictions and bold predictions as well. And as you said, here's my bold prediction. No, Notre Dame will not get out to an early lead. I think Clemson will as a result of the keys to the game. I think when we go into halftime, it's, Clemson is going to be up by seven points, and they will be aggressive in the second half. We've seen Brent Venables. That defense is always aggressive. They bring different varieties of blitzes and pressure packages to the offensive line to get after the quarterback and make sure they're putting pressure on him. Clemson has been in the ACC championship game for a couple years in a row now, and they know what it takes to win. So my score prediction for this game is going to be 34-28 Clemson. No way. No way. That's so funny because uh, we, we actually gave a score prediction, which should have came out today on Locked on Irish. I said Notre Dame 34-27. to So we're pretty close. Just reversing the score there a little bit. We are reversing the score a little bit, and I know I'm going to listen to the, uh, I, the Lockdown Irish pod a little bit later on today. You know, we're all looking forward to Saturday as well. And also here at Finn Maniacs, we're looking forward to Sunday. Uh, we're looking to a great game between the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots. And Ryan, I want to I ask you um, a question. Do you think Tuatunga Vailoa will decipher Bill Belichick's defense? and help the Dolphins get this victory, pushing them into a playoff spot? Well, my, my dad's a Miami Dolphins fan, so I have to be nice to the Finns. You know, I have to. Um, <laughs> You're on a Finn Maniacs podcast, man. You have to. <laughs> I have to, too, then. Yeah, so there's, there's two, two reasons that I have to be really nice to the Dolphins here. Um, I, I, I think he can do – I mean, so, I mean, to be, to be frank with you, New England has not looked great all year. You know, offensively specifically, defensively, they they you know they've had their spurts of playing good football because they have a great defensive coach, they have a great defensive system. Always, uh, I've been impressed with Tua though over the last few weeks. You know, he had that one game where they took him out against Fitzpatrick a couple weeks ago. But besides for that, man, he's played really solid football. Only lost one game as a starter so far. And and I mean, you know that I was a Tua guy coming out of college. Like I was a huge fan of Tua. If if Tua was fully healthy and didn't have durability concerns. He may have been my top-ranked quarterback over Joe Burrow. I really liked Tua that much. So I think that he definitely – he has the mental acumen to definitely figure it out. You know, it might be a rocky first few snaps, a couple of drives. But the one thing that you love about Tua Tagovailoa is he is a very quick processor pre-snap. You can see that he understands where he needs to go with the football from pre-snap to post-snap reads. So I think he'll, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll figure it out. I think the Dolphins do take down Bill because I think this is just kind of the – the turning of, of the tide a little bit. I'm not going to predict, you know, New England to completely fall off the face of the earth for the next few years, but I think they're in the rebuilding process, and Miami Dolphins and Brian Flores have it going really nice so far. So I'm, I'm a big fan of what Coach Flores and what Tua are doing right now, and I think that they're going to continue to build off of the success they've had. 
And we love to we love to hear that. And uh, I'm going to talk to Jason to see if we can uh, copyright and trademark uh, "Turning Up the Tide" because I think that fits very well. <laughs> this fits very very well. Now, Ryan, before we end this show, tell me what's your future outlook at Lockdown Irish, and what do you see going forward as we head into the off season and the draft process? Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun, you know, just on top of what I do in the NFL draft size thing with Draft Bible. It, it, we have a huge announcement coming out there. But for Locked on Irish, I'm really excited because, hey, in the offseason, we have several guys from Notre Dame that are going to be in the draft process. We'll be following that very closely from hopefully Senior Bowl. Hopefully it doesn't get canceled. Combine, hopefully that goes off right. Pro days, hopefully. Like, there's a lot of question marks with the draft process right now but I'm excited to cover the Notre Dame side of things on top of the draft coverage I do because it, I feel like it really marries well to what you know my interests and what we love and you know on top of that we'll be kicking into some other sports we're not just just football specific so we'll be talking basketball and moving into other seasons and all that great stuff but I think one thing that's really going to be a lot of fun is covering this draft process both from an evaluator perspective but also from the lens of a Notre Dame supporter as well. And here we're excited for the offseason and draft process as well. The Miami Dolphins have a variety of picks that they can do. And over here at Finn Maniacs, I will be um, overtaking the draft pro process as well, looking at prospects, doing a couple of podcasts as well. And as you know, I do my Saturday scouting combine and come out with my articles highlighting a couple college players um, as well that could help the Dolphins. And here at Finn Maniacs, we look forward to covering pro days. We look forward to covering the Senior Bowl, and we are absolutely stoked for the 2021 NFL Draft. So, Fit and Maniacs, for all the listeners out there, please make sure you listen to Locked On Irish. Make sure you watch the ACC Championship game because it's going to be a must-watch. And make sure you follow Ryan Roberts at uh, on Twitter, at Rise and Draft on Twitter. Ryan, thank you so much for being here today. And as always, guys, fins up.